this episode is brought to you by Charmin Ultra. Anyway, welcome everybody. Hi. Welcome to another episode of The Bear and the Swan. Here we are. Here we are. How you doing, sweet bear? Terrible. Oh, tell us about it. Tell us the whole story. I'm very, very sick. Oh, no. I'm going to have to pause to cough this whole time. So sad. I apologize for that. Also, um, your toe's digging into my thigh. My my toe is under your thigh. Thank you. Are you irritable right now? A little bit. Okay. Well, we'll try and <laughs> tiptoe around it. Tiptoe um, around us we fair. Didn't know we were going to be moved by a song today. Poor Buckets. John took his, <laughs> his food away because he was being too loud, and now he's just staring at it. Yeah, well, I fed you an hour ago, bro. Buckets is the... Kind of, he is the strangest kind of dog with his eating habits. There's no consistency to no. it. No. He'll leave his sushi alone. For we, like- first of all, <laughs> we call his food his sushi. Uh, he just loves, story. He loves a good sushi roll. And so he leaves it alone for like an hour. And then like if one of us comes home or something, he'll or get if, or so someone excited. Comes over. And then he'll run to his sushi and start eating it. But he'll only eat like half of it. It's but then so sometimes weird. we'll put it down and he'll eat it right away. Hey, other times what? he literally no goes one the whole cares day. About this except for us. I think other people who have dogs would be like, "Oh, well, my dog does that," <laughs> and obviously they wouldn't talk like that. But anyway. Oh my word! Uh, how was your week? Busy. Busy. Mm-hmm. Busy bee. Busy bee and very very sick bee. Sick bee, busy bee. Those are two bees that don't get along. Yeah, these bees aren't happy in the hive. (laughs) (laughs) But correct me if I'm wrong, the bear and the swan is a highlight every single week. No, honestly, well, yeah, but honestly, at the beginning, every time I'm like, I don't want to do this. I can't tell that at all. Yeah, (laughs) shut up. (laughs) I usually can, but I appreciate the fact that you are willing to do it. Usually, like five minutes into it, I'm okay. So if I sound cranky at the beginning of every episode, now you know why. But I will say, I mean, I don't know if you've heard this feedback, but I've heard from a lot of people how much they've enjoyed listening to the yeah. podcast. Have I've you? gotten a few like t- texts. Really? From yeah. like, well, obviously from people you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, unknown numbers. You, you've are been putting me. out. You've been putting out your phone number. Mm-hmm. Oh, seven seven seven. So unknown numbers are texting me and just telling me how much they enjoy, and so it, you know. Great feedback. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but uh, no, I, a lot of people have been giving me really positive feedback on the podcast, and most of, pretty much all of it is surrounding you. Oh, well, that's... Which is not surprising to me. <laughs> I'm not saying that as like, a, oh, I thought everyone would think that my words were just the most beautiful and truthful, uh, but well, I'm not... Excuse me. That <laughs> <laughs> am I boring you? Oh, it's That's a, what I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> oh, I thought you were asking me that. I'm no. like, you're the one that yawned. Um, it is kind of rare for me to get the compliments because usually, whenever we go do something or you know whatever, I disagree. John's though. the star of the show. I disagree. That I think people expect. Because I, like, have a Christian YouTube channel that has subscribers and I go around the country and preach the word of God. People, when I, like, when I talk, they expect, I think, me to be decently well-spoken or to maybe make a good point or two. I think people kind of expect that. But then when they realize... I'm not well-spoken. But then when they realize that you're probably twice as wise as I am and very, very smart and well-spoken yourself, whether you give yourself credit for it or not, they're like, oh, wow. And I'm like, yeah. I don't think I'm well-spoken. I didn't just marry her because she's hat. (laughs) Because I like jumble over my words, but yeah, I don't know. Thank you. But I, I think that uh, did I did I get my one nice thing in before? Yeah, but gotta get it. Do another one. We have to do another one at the end. Oh no! I'm never gonna be able to think of two. Me neither. Wow. Never gonna be able to think of two. We're gonna have to pause and. (laughs) 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 All right. Are you ready to to talk about we're gonna? Buckets is now chewing on a bone, but classic. As you all know, every single time we start a podcast. But as you all know, Sweet Bear made me feel so bad about taking his food away that I'm probably just gonna leave the bone. What? I feel like the bone would be better than the, f- I mean, the uh, food. No, would be whatever. Who okay. cares? All right. 
Who cares? Buckets gets to be part of the podcast as well. Isn't that right, Tubbs? Are you ready to talk about what we're talking about today? Um, yeah, I know what we're talking about because I saw your Instagram. You saw my... I, usually <laughs> usually I wait until right before we record to tell Sweeper what we're going to be talking about. But he gave about. me options today. But I gave her options today. And I said I don't want to talk about any of it. <laughs> So you can see how we're coming into this. But uh, our topic of discussion today is church. And when we talk about church, we can talk about church in a broad sense. We can talk about church in a biblical sense. We can talk about church in a more practical sense as far as a, a building that people go to on a weekly basis to experience community and to learn about God, wherever the conversation takes us, we're going to talk about church because Sweet Bear and I, we are Christians and church is a, and I believe it is a central part of the Christian life. And so I think maybe a good place for us to start with this conversation is talking about our upbringing within church. So for you growing Mm -hmm. up when you were younger, what was church to you? Um, Well, I grew up Catholic, and so I grew up going to Mass. Um, Both my parents grew up Catholic. They went to Catholic school growing up. Um, And you come from, like, a pretty, especially on your dad's side, like an Irish Catholic family. Yeah, both sides. Both sides are Mm -hmm. Irish Catholic. Yeah. And pretty, like, traditional. Like, everyone still lives in the Chicagoland area Mm -hmm. for the most part. You know, deep roots within Chicago yeah. and very proud of their Irish heritage, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all of that. Yeah. So, yeah, grew up going to Mass and, um, you know, I definitely went to like CCD, which for those of you that don't know is basically like Sunday school, not on Sunday um, for Catholics. So I grew up going to that. Like I did my first communion and my confirmation and all of that. Um, so I was like confirmed into the Catholic church, but we didn't go. When did you get confirmed into the Catholic church? Eighth grade? I was in eighth grade. Eighth grade. Yeah. But not everyone does it in eighth grade? I think you do it all. I, I actually don't know. Hmm. Um, Cause I did it in the Methodist church. Well, you can do it whenever, like if you wanted to join the Catholic church right now and you wanted to get all your sacraments, you could go get confirmed right now. Uh huh. Um, can you do it? Do you know if you can do it earlier than eighth grade or? I don't think so. Okay, well, gotcha. cause you have to do the other ones first. Oh, so. gotcha. Um, so anyways, like did that, did all of that, but it wasn't like a super, like we didn't go every week mm-hmm. in my family. It was more like a special occasion or maybe like once a month. Um, and so while I grew up with definitely like God and knowing who God was and learning about him it wasn't, I would say, as big of a part of my family's life as it is now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had sort of a similar upbringing, um, not specifically within the Catholic Church. I grew up going to a Methodist church, um, and I think I don't really think our roots, my family's roots within the Methodist Church were really that deep. Like, if it had been a Lutheran church or if it had been a whatever, I don't think it would have made that much of a difference because my dad grew up very heavily Catholic, much like your parents. Like my dad went to Catholic school. My, my grandpa still goes to mass every single day. Whereas my mom, she grew up in more of like a Methodist, you know, household. And so I think we, they just decided let's go to a Methodist church because that's sort of what my grandparents on my mom's side had did. Um, but much in the same way, we were sort of semi-weekly-ish going to church. Uh, I didn't really, I didn't enjoy it at all. Like I hated going every single time, um, especially once I got out of like the Sunday school realm and into middle school where there was a youth ministry. Um, I remember just going to this youth ministry at this Methodist church, and I thought I thought it was so clicky because mm. there were like the three kids whose parents worked at the church and they were there all the time and they knew all the leaders. And if you weren't friends with those three kids, and of course there was only like 30 kids in this youth group. And if you weren't friends with those three kids, sorry. And my family, like we didn't go every week. We went, like I said, maybe once a month. So I had like no chance of being in that sort of in crowd. And I think especially as a young person, like a young teenager or even in high school, 
if you don't find a good community at church, then there's really nothing to sort of draw you in necessarily because you're not, at least at that age, you're not as into like the teaching or, and you're not giving, you're not being given in most churches serious opportunities to serve or use your gifts. So the only thing that's really going to keep you coming back is community. And that's just not really something that I had, but in the same way, in a very similar way to you, I don't necessarily consider myself to have grown up in a quote unquote Christian home, meaning that only meaning that God wasn't the center of my family the way that I think he probably is today, you know, um, definitely of our family, but I mean, my family, meaning my sister, my mom and my dad, um, I definitely grew up in a very moral home. I grew up in a, uh, a, a semi-religious home, but I wouldn't consider myself to have grown up in a Christian home to no fault of my parents. They, they were doing exactly what they had been taught growing up essentially. Um, and so that was sort of, that was a long, sorry. (laughs) He's a talker people. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize. I apologize. So then for you, when did that, when did that change for you? When did when you I sort got of my, leave the Catholic church? When I got my license, my mom said I can go to church wherever I want. So same thing happened to me, by the way, after I got confirmed in eighth grade in the Methodist church. Okay. I didn't have my license yet, but my parents were like, now it's your choice whether you want to go to church or not. And I was like, no, no thanks. <laughs> Bye. Um, so anyways, we also grew up like a big part of our story, both John and I is that we grew up in a theater group. We grew up doing theater together in the same company. Um, but that kind of became, in a lot of ways, like our youth group or our like church community, mm-hmm. at least especially for me. And so a lot, I had a lot of friends there that went to a church that was around us called Willow Creek. And it's like a non-denominational contemporary Christian church, for those of you that don't know. And so when I turned 16... I started going to Willow and um, would just drive myself, got involved in like the, the high school ministry there called Impact. And um, yeah, that's sort of when I I got to like choose where I went to church and that's where I chose because I had a lot of friends that went there and I knew it was, you know, very different than the Catholic church and something I think a little more my speed. Yeah. And yeah, I had a very similar time, you know, I... I think probably my first, I got confirmed in eighth grade and then my first really two or so years of high school, I sort of floated around. I, you know, would go and visit, I would sleep over at a friend's house and would go to his family's church, for example. And I would do that for like three months. I would go to that church like every Sunday, but really just because I was hanging out with that friend. And whenever I wasn't hanging out with that friend or that family, I didn't go to church at all. Um, And so it was sort of in and out. And then I got involved in the same, performing in the same children's ministry skits as Air did, but a little bit before you did. Mm -hmm. By the time I was done was around the time that you were starting Mm -hmm. it, really. But for me, it was like, oh, this is an opportunity for me to perform, and it just so happened to be within a church. But during that time, I was really, like I said, I was looking for community, and I was looking for places where I could grow as an actor and a performer, because that's what I wanted to do at that point in my life. And I found that through working and serving in that children's ministry. I don't know if between my junior and senior year, I went to more than three actual church services, but almost every morning, uh, almost every Sunday morning I was there, I was teaching or I was performing and serving in some way in the children's ministry. And that was my first real introduction into serving in a church even though I would not have considered myself to be part of that church at that time in my life. It was just, I had friends there. So I was going there and Mm -hmm. I was serving there. Um, so then that's sort of what I guess church looked like for us in high school. Yeah. And for me, I carried that sort of negative experience that I had with that first youth group. I carried that all the way through high school and I never got involved in another youth group, quote unquote, 
like Sweet Bear said, our youth group is really this theater company, and that's where I found my community, and so that's where I was investing my time. And it was a Christian theater company. I didn't clarify that, but so that kind of became like a lot of people were super close with their high school youth ministry, and like that was all of their friends, and they went to camp together Mm -hmm. and all stuff like that. That was our theater company for us. Yes, absolutely. And then let's talk about what what did church look like in college for us? Because this was really the first time that we started going to church together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we were dating at this point and we were really thinking about church, not just from where do I want to go, but where do we want to go? So well, not necessarily because you started going there before I did. Yes. Well, that was one of the struggles, I think. There was this like transition when when we sort of got together and we started dating more seriously and uh, obviously once we got married of finding a church together and one of the things that I don't think went super well was in college I went off to college to Pittsburgh um the city we both went to college in I went there 2 years before Air did and so I had spent two years, I had chosen a church, I had gotten involved in that church, I had made connections, I had a small group of other college guys that I got together with once a week. Like I was very ingrained in that church. And then when you showed up, it was just kind of like, oh, well, this church is chosen for you. Do you mm-hmm. want to talk about that a little bit at all? I and didn't feel that way. No? No. Well, that's good. I just always, I always felt... I feel like you're causing drama that wasn't there. I just always... Oh, he's putting it on the table. (laughs) He's stirring it up. No, I just always felt a little bad because it was like, we didn't choose that church together. You know what I mean? And I I felt like you... literally not once have felt like that. Really? I just felt like you never got the opportunity to connect there the way that I did. I, I mean, the biggest reason for that was because I still had school things on Sunday and you didn't. That's true. We because of our schedule. Yeah, like my his, school took everything off on Sundays. Yeah, no shows, no nothing. Where like I had crew, I had rehearsals, I had shows, I had stuff. Like yeah, and so I didn't get to like do a lot of the stuff you did. Yeah, you'd be lucky if you were able to like go to a service. Yeah, like once a month, especially if I was in a show. Like forget about it. We had rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that was pretty much true for me throughout the week though. Yeah. And for you, like we had school all day and then rehearsal all night. So we were literally in quote unquote school from 9am until 10 to 11pm. Yeah. And so luckily I just found a small group of guys where like, we're going to get together at 7am every Thursday, which that really was my, one of my first experiences with a, a small group. And I I had had other small groups before. I had a really great Bible study group that me and a couple of my friends started that ran throughout the summers when we were home from college. Um, But that group of guys, we called it Iron Men, we met every Thursday morning for coffee, was really the first time that I experienced a small group. And we started meeting with our pastor originally, but then eventually our pastor got busy and couldn't come every week. And we just kept showing up. And we would just sit and we would talk and we would update each other on our lives. And we still have a text thread to this day. And it's been over five years since our last Iron Man meeting. So shouts to all the Iron Men out there who shouts. are listening. Oh, no. Shouts. <laughs> shouts to all word. my Iron Men out there, boys. Stay strong. <laughs> Praying for you. Okay. Um, yeah. but And that really, I think that group, that small group was the highlight of my college church experience, which is interesting to me because it wasn't something that happened within the four church walls. It wasn't even something that was necessarily even connected with the church eventually, but we held church ourselves every Thursday morning, which was really, really awesome. And something that I still to this day, I've never had a better small group. So, um, which I mean, just to clarify, you should always rank your small groups. Yeah, always should. rank your small group experiences, and let, and let the people in the small group know like you guys where are they are ranking. Pro- you guys are top five all time, but probably but, fifth on that. And list. if if you're feeling like it's been, you know, people been slacking lately with the snacks or the conversation or the prayer, mm. feel free to like tell everybody. Hey, just so you know, you guys were number two, and you you are slipping to number three. So it's a good word. Yeah, watch good word. watch it. Nice. <laughs> Obviously, we're totally serious. Um, okay, so here, so 
then I guess let's come into now today. So from end of college, getting married, becoming an adult, like what has been the journey from end of college until now in terms of church for us? Yeah, I think it was a struggle until we found our current church Um, because, I mean, a lot of reasons. We were still sort of discovering what we wanted out of a church, what was important to us as far as, like, pillars of beliefs from a church, um, the size of a church, like, all sorts of things like that. I think we were discovering that. And we were also in a transitional period of our lives, like Mm -hmm. not necessarily having a house that we were going to stay in for the next 15 years. Not living in an area we were going to be living in for forever. So it's hard to say like, oh, let's really dive deep into the relationships here at this church when we know we're only going to be here for four months Mm -hmm. or whatever. I think we just found a really perfect fit in the church that we're in now as far as like um, the demographic of people, how diverse it is, very young congregation, the teaching, like all of these items that we were looking for, we've really found in the church that we go to currently. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like we didn't find that for a couple years and it was a struggle. Like, I don't think we, we really consistently went to church during that time, yeah. like on, on the whole, if you were to like add it all up. Yeah. Well, so to, to kind of talk about that season specifically from so to give you an idea of how long that period was from the time we graduated college and left our college church in college to the time we found our current church soul city church here in chicago it was probably a period of about two and a half years yeah maybe longer maybe even no it was about two and a half years because we found soul city in like february okay so it was about two and a half years almost three actually and during that time, we, like we said, we, we tried going to like a big church in New York City that <laughs> we just never really, it just didn't, and, and every single time that a church doesn't, didn't work for us, now that I'm thinking about it, it was a mixture of things. Yeah. It was a mixture of things that perhaps that church that didn't work for us, I actually don't think they did very well, with a mixture of... Us being judgy. Us being judgy or our unwillingness to actually dive in uh and serve and and be a part of it. I think a a misconception that people have with finding a church for, finding a church to go to is they think the church has to do all the work. I should just be able to show up and if it's the right church for me, it's just going to feel right. When I think actually you have, when you show up to a church, you have to be ready to work. Yeah. You have to be ready to serve. You have to come open and that's how you discover what the right church is for you or where God is leading you in that season. I think Mm -hmm. it's not just coming up to showing up to be a full consumer. And I think that is the attitude that we had at several of the churches that we tried out. But then there were other times like we were a part of, of a, church plant actually (laughs) yeah and i think both of us like we were like we're gonna make this work like we we volunteered like i mean we built the set for (laughs) it they found out that sweetbear and i had creative (laughs) gifts and if you have ever been a part of a church plant you know when they find out what you're good at they're gonna use you john led worship one week i led worship (laughs) i did announcements like all this stuff and while there were frustrations during that season, and I think both of us, especially because we were working, you know, six days a week, and even me, like I was even working on Sundays, I would finish the service and I would go off and go to work. Mm-hmm. I think we were a little burnt out by the end of it. Yeah. I know that I learned a lot during that time. Um, I learned a lot about serving in a church, and it was very humbling to remember, oh, this isn't about me. But then we went into sort of this, when we moved back to Chicago, we went into like a dark period, I feel like, <laughs> where, where we sort the of, dark times. we sort of church shopped for a little while, but there was a pretty consistent season of maybe like six to eight months where we just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Well, the problem was we were still trying to go to like our old church because we moved back to Chicago and we liked our old church. So we tried to go, but 
it was so far away. It was 45 minutes at least. And we just would never do it. Plus, we were not prioritizing our Sunday mornings for church. It was just like, well, we're tired, Mm -hmm. you know, or, well, we have this. Well, we have that, which like, yes, that still happens. We still have, like, I can't go to church this Sunday. I'm working, but Mm -hmm. um, it's such, so much more of a priority in our lives now. We just like, we're not prioritizing it. And I think a big part of that was we didn't really have a church home, so we didn't have anything to prioritize. That's true. And so, one, it was just like our priorities, but and maybe it was more, I think this was more me than you. I was really going through a season of being jaded. Yeah. With, not necessarily being jaded with the church, because I hadn't been hurt by a church necessarily, but I was really going through a time of being super jaded with Christians. And a big part of that was because I had started to take YouTube more seriously, and I had been leading this community of Christians online via YouTube, and I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this, but sometimes Christians can not be so nice (laughs) to each other online in their comments when they're debating their theology. Sometimes they're a little rude. Um, And because of that, because I had experienced backlash and, and, you know, rude comments and judgmental things being said and thrown my way online, I sort of became jaded towards Christians. And I knew that at church I would find Christians. So I was like, I think subconsciously, I was like, I want to stay away from a church, you know? And I, I wanted to... I don't know. I just didn't really feel like I could go and show up and not think that everyone there was going to judge me the minute I walked in the door. And so I think that made it really easy for me then and for us to make excuses and say, well, we're just not going to go, you know, or it's too far or, oh, we have something going on later that day or we have work or whatever it is. To bring it to the present. Uh Uh-huh. Let's talk about our church experience right now. We love our church. We do. We love it. We do very much. So uh, for those of you who don't know, we go to a church called Soul City Church. Uh, It is in the West Loop neighborhood of Chicago, and we have been going there now for about a a year and a half, a little bit more. Um, And how did you... You found it, right? How did you find it? Um, Julia? Really? Uh, How did I find it? I thought it was through Instagram. No, that's how I found our other oh. church. I don't remember how we found it. It was just like a, ref- I think it was a referral from somebody. Yeah, like, like a, you should check we, it out. we know many people who have gone there mm-hmm. for a service or, yeah. Yeah. And, and we knew, maybe DJ told us about it. Maybe. We knew that the pastors used to work at the church we grew up going to, Willow. And so we were like, oh, well, it's probably like a similar vibe. Yeah, yeah. We, we kind of trusted that, or at least we trusted it enough to be like, let's check it out. Yeah. And so when we first started going, uh, I was still definitely in my sort of season of jaded fear of being judged, which really was a season of jaded judginess. <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah, I, I, you were. I justified it to myself as like, I'm just... I'm so hurt by all of these things that people have said to me. And really what it was is I was showing up and I was judging everybody else. Yeah. Through the lens of... They're judging me. They're judging me. You know what I mean? Like it was a very strange thing. So meta. So meta. But I think part of that made me... And and I guess maybe I, I have like sort of a unique... Maybe Maybe I'm just trying to make myself feel special. But I think I have sort of a unique experience when I walk into a church because I like lead a ministry, Yeah, you know, and maybe that's totally arrogant of me. Well, no, but you have a real issue. Like John has an issue when he listens to a sermon. It's not (laughs) just like listening to the sermon to see like what God is teaching me. It's also not pulling apart, but it's it's like dissecting it's dissecting and, um, What's the word I'm trying to think of? I listen to it. It's not dissecting. It's like examining. Yeah. Examining this the sermon structure and yeah. the storytelling elements. I and watch it and listen through the lens of a communicator. That was a pretentious quote, but... Was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was, but that's what I do because I want to... I want to... And at my best, <laughs> it's because I want to learn and, and I want to see what I can apply to 
my my own self as a speaker and at my worst it's me being judgmental and saying I could have done that better like to be honest <laughs> but that's something that John struggles with like sometimes I have to tell him post church like hey let's just like calm it down on that let's mm-hmm. try to like talk about well, what like you learned from it, not just like, well, that was a really good storytelling tactic or that was a really good this or that. Yeah. Or that I, I thought it should have gone here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like hard for John to turn that part of his brain off, which probably makes sense if you work in another field. Absolutely. Like it's hard for me to go to a wedding and be like, oh, yeah. this ran so smoothly. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's for sure true. Yeah. So I think that was a struggle at first. And, and there was also just like any struggles with any new church. Like, we didn't really know a lot of people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we we weren't con- we weren't connecting with people right away. It was a little awkward when we tried to. We tried joining a small group. It didn't go super well. Like, you know, there, there were a lot of things really for the first, like, six months. It was really six months before we had a Sunday where I remember you left and you're like, we have friends. Yeah. Well, because it wasn't like a struggle for six months. Like for six months, we were like, we love this church. Like we're getting so much out of worship. We're getting so much out of the teaching. We like really like our pastors, but the we community just, we aspect. didn't have yeah community yet. And then, yeah, there, there was one time where I was like, well, we have people to talk to after church. Mm-hmm. The overall experience for me with Soul City has been one of... I think a lot of growing and it is really sort of redefined what I think about when I talk about my church Mm -hmm. or the church I go to. I agree. You know, just like being in that small group in college sort of showed me what a small, the potential for what a small group could do and Mm -hmm. what God could do in your life through a small group. Soul City is really showing that to me uh, through church. Because I've been excited about getting up to go serve in a ministry at church before. I've been excited to get up and go hear teaching at a church. I've been excited to go and see, listen and do worship at a church. But Soul City is really the first place where I get up on Sunday and I am so excited to go to church. Yeah. And when we miss it, we're like sad. Like we're like feel, you know, like we missed out on part of our family for the week. Like it's really become a part of us. And there's people that I want to see. Yeah. And like I, when they have things throughout the week, I want to go to these things. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm not just like, Oh, I should go to that. Cause it's the Christian thing to do. Yeah. I actually want to go there. The the way I sort of described it to a, a couple of people on staff there was like I knew that this was my church and where where God really had us for this season. When I wasn't serving one Sunday, I was just showing up to go to the service, and every single person I walked by, every single person that walked in, I was like, I want to make sure they have a good time. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure they have a good experience here. And I was like, Oh, yeah, this is it. Like mm-hmm. this is this is home for us. Yeah, for this season, which is pretty awesome. And, and I'm super, super grateful for that. And I also, a thing we talk about a lot is how it's, and and this is something I've really come to believe is that for many years in my life, I was going to church as a consumer, as someone who showed up five minutes late, went in, did worship, (laughs) sometimes longer, (laughs) kind of painfully turned to people and said, hello, Mm -hmm. awkwardly, but usually just turned to the people that I was with. And then I sat down, listened to the message. And then, and then <laughs> I do too sometimes and then left right away. Like yeah. didn't talk to anyone after that well, we was also like before this, our like best church experience was going to a mega church and like, it's different there. For it's sure. very different. And you know, a lot of people love mega churches. That's fine. We've sort of discovered in this season, how much we love not going to a mega church mm-hmm. and going to a church where we know the majority of the people and we see the same people every week and it's a, a true community and we know our pastors like we could text our pastors and say, Hey, can you pray for us? And they would say, absolutely. And yeah. I know they're getting on their knees and they're praying for us right then. Like we've never really had that before Totally. now, which I think is, you know, n- not trying to like 
I'm not trying to like say anything bad about it either way, a small church or a big church, just for us right now. No, because we could have been intentional in that big church yeah. and created that same yeah. type of community. But just for us right now, like this is the perfect size for us. It's the perfect place. We really feel like it's home and we love it. Yeah, and I always like now I try, I try and encourage people. I don't want this to come off as like I'm talking down to people who – who show up to church that way and, and take a more consumer uh, sort of outlook when they go to church because that was me for many, many years. I say it now of like, when I say like that, that's not your church that you go to. Like, that's not your church. That's where you go to experience theater once a week. Yeah. You know? And I say that as someone who did it and to, and now I'm experiencing so much more of I believe really what God designed, and I'm still only experiencing a fraction of what God designed the church to be mm-hmm. for us and, and and for his kingdom. And so I say it as a, if you were someone who is in that sort of consumer, consumeristic, uh, you know, church-going experience to push yourself outside of your comfort zone and, and to make connections and, and to find a home in the church that you're at yeah. because that's what we've sort of found and that it's been a long journey. It's been difficult, but it's been so worth it and, and so awesome. All right, let's take a break. Hello, friends. I hope you're enjoying this episode of The Bear and the Swan. I wanted to remind you that you can actually ask us a question for us to answer on the show. We have a few listener questions coming up later in this episode that you're listening to, but using the Anchor app, you can actually leave us a voicemail and we will play it. We will play your voice. We will play your question on the air. All you have to do is download the Anchor app from the App Store, search The Bear and the Swan, tap voice message. It's right at the top of the page. Record your question and you're good to go. We want to do an upcoming episode that is exclusively listener questions. And since it's going to be our first one, you got a really good chance of getting your question answered. Also, shouts to Anchor for hosting this podcast on their platform. They do an awesome job. So go download Anchor now and leave us a voice message question. Do it, do it, do it, to it. And now, back to the bear and the swan. All right, and now we're back. We're back. We're back with the bear and the swan. Second half, talking about church. Church. All right, so we've shared our, our, is it our or our? I think it's both. Is it both? Our. We've shared our, we shared our. I think it's technically pronounced our. Yeah. But most people just say we've shared our, we've shared our church, we shared our church experience. Uh, and now I have a few questions and a few also that have been pulled from people who follow me on Instagram as well. Trinstatram? Yes, indeed. Trinstatram. And so I thought maybe a, a good sort of easy place to start with it would be uh, a question from at sabrina.e.mccartney. Sabrina asks, do you guys prefer any specific denomination? Um, well, our current church, I think, is a non-denominational church, right? Yes, yes. But I feel like a non-denominational Christian church has become a denomination. Yes, it is in and of itself sort of its own it denomination. Is, at least in At least in practice and feel. Yeah. As much as perhaps in, perhaps not as much in beliefs always. Yeah. But, but definitely in practice and in feel and in aesthetic and music style and all of that stuff. You know, non-denom has become its own denomination non-denoms become its own oh, wow you its must own be a denom. real christian if you can use the word non-denom i know how to say non-denom because i travel around and speak wow Jesus to people. are you a storyteller i am i'm wearing a shirt that says storyteller <laughs> right now which you know where i got this okay i've been kind of mean to you this podcast what where'd you get it at a non-denom church <laughs> oh no <laughs> so uh shouts to the bayou shouts to the bayou love you guys so, yeah, we are non-denominational mm-hmm. in really, I think, truly the non-denominational sense, though. And something that and I talked about this a lot, something that I'm very passionate about is focusing on the 99.7% of stuff that 
these different Christian denominations agree on rather than spending our time arguing over the 0.3% that we might disagree on. Yeah. I, I believe in unity within the church, and I think that is something that is obviously taught in the Bible, but not just unity within the church, unity interdenominationally between denominations mm-hmm. is something that I really strive for. And one of the reasons why I do go and speak in Catholic churches and Lutheran churches and Baptist churches and non-denominational churches. And that is something I purposefully and intentionally seek out because it's something that I believe in so strongly. Um, let's move to another question. This is a question that I had. What are some frustrations that you've had with church? As in you general? In, 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 yeah, in general, or it might just be experiences that you've had or consistent themes that you've noticed. Um, something that frustrates me about church is when all the eggs are put into one basket and that basket being Sunday morning service. Mm. And a lot of the other stuff falls short, whether that be small groups, whether that be outreach programs, whether that be serving the poor, whatever it is, I feel like takes a back seat and all the eggs are put into the the Sunday Sunday morning service, which feels like a show. And it feels like if we're not being the church Monday through Saturday, then what are we doing? Mm. You know, like who cares if we all feel really great about ourselves because we have a great Sunday service? Like what are we doing to be the church the other six days of the week? Mm -hmm. And how are we serving our congregation the other six days of the week? Um, so that's been something really frustrating to me. Yeah. We've, I mean, we've been to churches where we've even said like, we'll go to things throughout the week and it feels like we're going to a different Mm -hmm. church than we go to on Sundays Mm -hmm. because of the intention and care and excellence that is brought on Sundays versus what seems like totally thrown together when we go to an event or an outreach event throughout the week, or we show up to serve at something or whatever it is. Um, for me, when when I thought up this question, the first thing that came to mind, and I know this is a frustration of yours as well, is the way that the church responds to oftentimes, and maybe it's only sometimes, responds to people stepping up to serve and use their gifts. Mm-hmm. I think it's happened far too often where I'll step up to use my teaching gift or oh, my gift of creative you, communication. That's so wonderful. We're yeah. so lucky. We're so blessed to have you. And it's it's and it's met with extreme excitement. It's met with intention. It's met with people being like, yes, we want to use you. Yes, we'll take good care of you. Amazing. So great. And then there's been many times where you have stepped up to use your gifts, whether it be gifts of hospitality, administration, gifts, you know, like all these gifts that you have. And nothing. Yeah. You've shown up, you've tried, you've signed up for things, you've had conversations, and it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's like, yeah, absolutely, show up. And then you show up and no one's there to tell you what to do. There's no intention or care. And let's just get real for a second. Sometimes life sucks if you're married or you're in a relationship or you have a sibling or your friend has gifts that are very outward and very... Um, Let's be honest, the gifts that the the traditional American church today values yes, more than others. Yes, 100%. So with me and John, for example, that's been a theme in our relationship. I mean, back to when I can remember the first couple years of us dating. Totally. We were working at a camp and John got up and spoke to the kids and John you know, did this for the kids and John did that for the kids. Meanwhile, I'm busting my butt doing all this stuff for the kids, like trying Mm -hmm. to do all of these amazing things for them, getting no sleep, like having these really meaningful conversations. And like John's getting praised up the wazoo and like no one cares about me, which like at the end of the day, it's not about praise, but it is kind of frustrating how just because John has gifts of teaching and gifts of leadership and he's up on stage he gets to feel more welcome and more wanted in the church body than somebody like me who has maybe quieter gifts. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that the church really does a disservice to. I think it's very dangerous. I think, in fact, it can be sinful. And I think we are entering into a very real stage of the world where our celebrity pastors, guess what? We're finding out some things about them that are not so great. Mm -hmm. And I think that this idea of putting your pastor on a pedestal making these pastors famous and 
praising them so that they think they can do anything. It's very dangerous. It's dangerous for any person to get that sort of, you know, yep. as we've seen with celebrities and et cetera. Yep. And I just think it's so sinful. And, and something I hate is that the pastor is not more important than church member number 84 sitting in mm-hmm. the pew. Mm-hmm. And neither is somebody who gets up on stage. Neither is the worship leader. Neither, you know, it's... We, we're all the body of Christ, and we should all be treated as such. Okay, whoa. Yes, that was one of those moments, girl. Don't bite me. You <laughs> want to bite my hand. I could not agree with I you I really more. went there. Yes, and I could not agree with you more. As someone who has those gifts that are often more celebrated than others, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. And something that God has really convicted me on recently is when I go and I'm invited to teach at soul city, Mm -hmm. whether it's teaching in the student ministry or teaching, uh, you know, in the main auditorium, whatever it is, if people come up to me after and are like, wow, that was great. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Or blah, 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 blah. And it's perhaps another person who's serving the person who's serving in the cafe. When they turn to me and they're like, man, that message was so great. Thank you so much. I should really, what I should be doing, the mindset I should have is I'm just using my gifts to serve the church this Sunday, the same way that you're mm-hmm. using yours. And thank you for your gifts. And thank you for how you have shown hospitality to every single person who walked up to that cafe. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that I am doing anything special or I'm doing anything that makes God more proud well, or brings more even, glory to God than you it's are. It's not even you doing it. It's God. Yeah, exactly. And so I could not it's agree God. with you more. It's God. It's always It's always God. Jesus. <laughs> I have Jesus in my heart. Oh, shouts to Jeej. Um. Anyway, that was really great. So now turning it around, uh-huh. what are some things that you are really grateful to the church for? And it doesn't have to, it could be our church right now. It mm-hmm. could be a specific church you've gone to throughout your life or just your Something you're grateful that your experience at church has given you? Honestly, this is much harder because I feel like in today's world, I can just think of all of the things that frustrate me about the church, mm-hmm. specifically the way that we're portraying ourselves to the world at large. Mm. So it's hard for me to be like, you know, I feel like Christians and churches have really just shown love to to the marginalized. Like, that's not true, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And that makes me sad and mm. sick and So that's like honestly something that I struggle with is like I don't think the church is making a good name for itself. And so it's hard for me to be like, I think the church is doing really good at this, even though obviously there is good Mm -hmm. happening and God is working through the church. That's something I struggle with is like the negative view of the church as a whole. Mm. Um, So, yeah, let me think. You got one. Yeah, I think I agree. I think there's it's sort of very popular to, and I am guilty of this probably more than the average person to rail against the church for Mm -hmm. all the ways that it is, it has screwed up and it has misrepresented the name of Jesus. Which is so funny because look, we still go to church every week Mm -hmm. and we still, you know, consider ourselves Christians, but it is easy to do. But one of the things I'm really grateful to the church for is and this is very specific to my job and what I do because I get I travel around and I go and I work with different churches. I might work with anywhere between 15 and 30 churches throughout a year. And I am grateful that at everywhere I go, I am connecting and seeing the way that God is using people in who are across the country, you know, that I've never met before. And seeing the way that God is using that youth pastor or seeing the way that God is using that camp volunteer or or whatever it might be, I am so grateful for not only the opportunity I have to see that, but I'm grateful that the church is something that has grown to the point where like, there are so many churches that we have never heard of that are bringing about incredible life change and incredible transformation to people's lives. And I just think using the same truth and teaching the same truth and worshiping the same God that we do, like that's crazy to me. And, and I, I just, I think that's awesome. And, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to get to see that perhaps a little bit more than other people do. Um, and I'm, I am... 
the more that I travel around to different churches and see what's going on there, the more I'm actually encouraged rather than discouraged. That's good. You got anything or are you just all negative? <laughs> I'm negative Nancy <laughs> over fine, here. That's fine, girl. That's fine. No, obviously there's a lot of good happening. Well, I mean, we talked about even just being at Soul City, all the things. Stop sorry, I'm still... touching your toes on I'm me. sorry. We're just sitting very close on this couch. <laughs> we talked about Soul City, though, um, and there are so many things that we're grateful for for that church. Um, we're grateful for the leadership there, obviously. We're grateful for so many things. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, my... You were really distracted looking at buckets just now. He's like... Going to town on his paw. What are you He's doing? He's really wheezing. What are you doing? All right, here's another, here's another question from someone on Instagram. At Swift Irene asks, do you believe in women pastors? Excuse my language, but hell yeah, girl. <laughs> That's right. We, uh, so we, our church, the church we go to currently, Soul City, is pastored by a husband and wife. And I don't mean it's like... The husband does the pastoring. And, and she's the pastor's wife. And she's the pastor. No. no, no, no. They are co-senior pastors. Shouts to Jarrett and Jeannie. We love them both very, very much. Yes, I said shouts, girl. Don't even <laughs> give me a look. We love them very much. They lead that church so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are very, very proud to go to a church that has a female senior pastor. Yes. And you can come at me if you want. But that's what we believe. And... If you believe differently, we disagree, and that's all right. Yes, we strongly disagree. We strongly disagree. But Women can do anything. That's all right. Okay, so here is another question. Uh, at underscore Anna Rainey asks, what are some topics that y'all think the church should be more open about or talk about more? Um, so this might be surprising to you and might be surprising to listeners, but I actually think the church could touch more on social issues. And and what I mean by that, I don't mean that the church should just like, should push their conservative or liberal agenda. I actually think that the church needs to speak more into the present, the issues of the present day from the perspective of God and based on the teachings of the Bible, because that is exactly what we see Jesus doing. Mm -hmm. We see Jesus taking and talking about taxes, which were, which were a hot button issue at, in the first century. And still today. He was talking (laughs) about taxes, but he was using taxes to make a larger point about who we submit ourselves to ultimately. Yeah. Jesus was so much of what Jesus says said was intimately tied to social or political issues of his day. He did not shy away yeah, from those was, controversies. In fact, he walked right on into he them. He walked right into them, but used them not to talk about is it this thing or that thing, but he actually used all of these issues to point to the greater and bigger thing, mm-hmm. to point to the bigger truth. And and there are some teachers uh, at some churches that I listen to their podcasts where they do that and they're not afraid to do it. Yeah. And, and I'm very grateful that I, for the technology where I get to listen to those sermons. Cause I think it's something that, that more churches could do. And, and unfortunately the, the response to those things, because in our culture we're taught to say, if you talk about X issue, you have to be on this side or that yeah. side with it. When, if you actually look at what Jesus teaches, very rarely does he, with these social issues, does he say, no, it's actually this side. Yeah. No, he says, it's not this side or that side. It's a greater thing. He points to a greater thing going on. Um, I have a sermon about it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's called 20 Questions, Tackling Faith's Biggest Controversies. right now. <laughs> no, 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 I've talked enough. So the last question that I have now is what is, this is a very personal one. What is one thing you want to change about yourself within the church? Maybe it's one thing you want to do, mm-hmm. one way you want to get involved, one thing you want to stop doing. What is one thing that you want to change? Well, for me personally, I would like to get a little more involved in serving at church, which I've been trying to do. And it's not like I haven't tried. You could tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just feel we like... We touched on that earlier, <laughs> I think. 
I feel like John's serving the church, his role in serving the church is so clear. You know, it's like obviously John's going to be on stage. John's going to teach. He's going to host. He's going to do these things. And I feel like I, I don't have necessarily the same clear path to the way that I can serve the church best. And so I really would like to get a little more intentional about where I should be serving and just like get to it, Mm. I guess. That's good. That's good. For me, um, I, I've been feeling really challenged lately to go deeper in my relationships with people at church. Mm-hmm. You know, we've gotten to this point now where I show up, we show up on Sunday and we have people to talk to. We have people to catch up with. But most of those relationships are Sunday only yeah. relationships pretty much. And they're not people we really talk to or reach out to throughout the week for the most part. I feel like that's not necessarily true, but for the most part, I'm saying I'm not saying there's zero. I'm saying Mm -hmm. for the most part. And I would really like to see something that I'm really going to be praying for and working on over the next like six months is to be able to say in six months, there are people who I see on Sunday who I know deeply and they know me deeply and we have gone through stuff together and we have prayed for each other and we know each other more than just, Hey, how was your week? You know, Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's sort of what I'm hoping for and what I'm challenging myself to do, which is hard as an introverted person who would rather just preach to them on a stage. Mm -hmm. Like that's easy for me, uh, but actually connecting with people and getting to know them in a personal way and letting them get to know me in a personal way, that is terrifying to me. So y'all can pray for me in that one. Oh, I remembered what I think the church is doing poorly. But you, th- oh, another one? Yeah. They don't have um, dog <laughs> I knew it. I knew, I knew a dog thing was coming. <laughs> I knew it. I think it's so offensive that they have kids ministries and they don't have dog ministries. Amen. Amen. Buckets is a born again Christian. He wants to learn about the word of God. He wants to have fellowship. He's hungry for fellowship. In fact, one time he ate John's Bible. That's how hungry he is for the word. Literally starving for it. He actually did (laughs) eat my Bible one time. It was a rough, rough day. I'd had that Bible for about five years. So I was very sad about it. But that concludes... Well, we're coming to the conclusion of this episode of The Bear and the Swan talking about church. We made it. We made it. Not our best episode. No. And I think we can be honest Yes. It was a rough one. So two things that I want to say before we leave. One, we do want to implement more listener questions. Yes. And the way to do it, because I'm not always going to be asking for them on Instagram, the way to do it is actually to download the Anchor app. I know. you got to download another app on your phone. So many apps. Uh, But if you don't already have the Anchor app, download the Anchor app, go to and search The Bear and the Swan, and right on top of the page, it just says leave message. You can actually leave a voice message. And we'll play your voice. we'll, We'll play it. You can hear it. On the podcast. How exciting is that? So download the Anchor app. Go to the Baron Please the Swan. do it because otherwise I'm going to have to use a fake voice and call in for the next episode. Yeah, which, yeah, that might happen. <laughs> that might happen. Uh, also, if you are not, uh, make sure to subscribe and download and leave a review uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And then last but not least, as always, we have to say one nice thing about each other. Are you ready? I'll go first. Okay. You did not want to do this (laughs) at all today. And I knew that probably starting about seven hours ago. Oh, he made me do it anyway. But we also had a discussion like several weeks ago where we agreed we were going to do one episode a week. And even though you didn't want to do it, even though you feel awful, you still kept that promise to to me and to this audience and honestly that to me I don't think you would have done that maybe three years ago like three years ago you probably just been like no I don't like I don't care I feel awful I'm not doing it Mm. um and I think that's an area you've really really grown in just like 
that self-discipline because that's really what it is that you showed today was self-discipline of like, no, I made this promise to myself and I want to keep it. And I want to, I want to do this if I said I was going to do it. And so I've seen growth in you and I appreciate it. Thank you. That's a spicy meatball. (laughs) (laughs) That's a spicy meatball. Okay. Yours is. So you guys, John, I kind of posted about it. He kind of posted about it. But John just quietly decided to go get his master's degree and, like, doesn't like to brag about it. He got so mad that I just said that. But I'm so proud of him. I think it's so cool. To me, I didn't get my master's degree yet. I just started. No, I didn't say. I said you're qui- you decided to quietly get it. Yes. Which means you're getting it. You haven't gotten it. Yeah. But I just think it's really cool. That you're continuing your education, which, if you know me, you know I hate school. And it's just cool, and I don't know, it's, you haven't been, like, complaining about it or talking about it much. You're just kind of doing it, which I think is admirable. Thanks, Sweet Bear. Mm-hmm. Love you. Love you. Thank you. Buckets, a cute thing about you. Today you snuggle me really good. <laughs> What's your th- nice thing about Buckets? Uh, buckets, nice thing about you. You made me feel really wanted when I went for a run and you were crying the whole time. Oh my gosh, he was sobbing his eyes out. Yes. Um, Also, remember, if you didn't hear the last episode, after we say something nice about each other, you You have to go. The next person you come in contact with, or you have to text someone, say something nice about them. Say something nice. That's what my grandma used to say. Say something nice. She did. Maybe we'll sign off always saying. Okay. All right, y'all. Say something nice. We love you. Goodbye. It brings a You didn't stop it. I was hoping you'd say something funny. That's a spicy meat the ball. <laughs> <laughs>